It may be weird to hear that good sales training is rarely cheap and cheap sales training is rarely good, but what exactly does that mean? Is it just about the money or is it about other things that you probably haven't thought of? Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios. And we are on episode number 161, 161 episodes so far, doing pretty good. And the title is Good Sales Training is Rarely Cheap and Cheap Sales Training is Rarely Good. And I want to warn you from the very beginning, you're going to want to put on your big boy pants or your big girl pants because, you know, this conversation for some may be uncomfortable. For some, you're like, bring it on. I want to hear it. I would love to hear it. I'm going to. And here's the thing. I'm not going to name names. Because whoever those people are that don't do good sales training, I'm not going to name them. I'm not going to out them. I'm just going to let their efforts speak for themselves. And then, you know what? They're not here to defend themselves. I do want to give a nod to Zig Ziglar. And I kind of borrowed the title because he used to say that cheap things are rarely good and good things are rarely cheap. And in this episode, there's really going to be two sides. There's going to be ownership or management and salespeople. And... uh there's a guy named Roland Frazier, and the dude's a brilliant deal maker. And I heard him say recently that you have to take your training beyond the book. And what I'm going to share with you is beyond the book training. It's beyond something that you're going to get from, from like just reading something casual. It's going to be from somebody who's seen a lot and been there. And we're going to start with this. This is going to be the tough part of the conversation. Most salespeople shouldn't be in sales. They shouldn't. And I, I'm going to peg... I'm going to say rough numbers. If we go the 80-20 rule, it's the 80% of salespeople who shouldn't be in sales that cause the problems for the rest of salespeople. They're weak. They don't hold the gross. They they bend. They fold. You know, they they give up too easily. They don't follow up. And they and and so what happens is you have managers that come in, and uh, they got to babysit 80% of the salespeople now. Well, not, with that being said, you know, closers can be difficult because they're used to getting their way and they're used to selling ideas. So for every win, you also have a loss. And for every loss, you also have a win. And when you 80-20 salespeople, 80% of salespeople really shouldn't be in sales. So let's 80-20 the 20% that should. So you have 16% that close deals, and then you have the 4% that close 80% more than everybody else. And I know it may be hard to follow numbers while I'm just talking them through, but this is the way that it plays out. You take 100%, you take 100 salespeople, 80% of them should not be in sales, 16% can close deals, and then the rest of them, or the four, can really close deals. And out of that, there's one person that is just a rock star, a superstar. Uh, if, you, if you look at Tim Grover, he calls that per- person a cleaner. That's what he calls them. I call him a performer. And the reason that I say that good sales training is rarely cheap and cheap sales training is really good is you got to think about the cost associated with training salespeople. You got to think about the cost associated with having this conversation because it may disturb people. 
And you know, I just got really people get upset at this stuff. You have no idea some of the emails that I get from people and from some of the business owners when they're like, I can't believe you say that. I can't believe you, you, you go out and profess these things. And you know what? It's, it's from being in front of rooms for thousands of hours and watching people interact. Okay. Um, when you take a look at it, most sales trainers can't close. They have a system that worked for them and nobody else. You know, they've hobbled together stolen content from other people or from other groups. There are, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, sales trainers out there that travel from company to company, industry to industry, taking content as they go and then passing it off as their own. They're like art forgers. (laughs) They're like movie villains. There's plenty of movie villains in, in, in the sales world training salespeople. And so here's what happens is, Business owners buy into the hype of the BS of the backstories, the fake awards, and the overall image of the salespeople. And so what ends up happening is they buy into the idea or the notion of the story that the the sales trainer, and I'm going to put that in rough quotation marks, they, they buy into the story more than they buy into the outcome. They buy in to this is what's supposed to happen. And so when when you don't pay enough, there's not enough value. There's not. And so for a a lot of salespeople, they can't just hear something once. It takes repetition. And this is the reason why practice is important. So what will happen is companies will call around and say, hey, look, you know, I need sales training. And, you know, here's what my budget is. There's times where I have to inform a company that their budget isn't what they need to have. They don't have enough for what they need to do. And I'm not saying it to be mean. I just have to point out a problem. And sometimes the people will listen. Sometimes like, you're out of your mind. This is all I'm going to pay and this is all I'm going to do. And then they come back a year later and they still haven't solved their problem. And so the reason that I say that good sales training is rarely cheap and cheap sales training is rarely good is there's times where I've got to go in and I've got to fix problems that other sales trainers have created. So let's do some math. Let's, Let's just use simple numbers. Let's say that somebody paid a sales trainer $10 to come in, $10. to come in and train their people, and they got a day of effort. Well, there wasn't anything to accompany that day of effort. There was no extra training. There was no extra coaching. So the salespeople are like, I've had a day of training, and now there's nothing that I can do with it. So let's just say they call me, and they say, hey, Scott, we need sales training. I go, great. It's going to be $100. So I go, $100? We had somebody we were going to pay $10. And then I have to point out, like, okay, what did $10 include? Did $10 include, you know, all the work that needs to be done or was it just for the day? And they usually go, oh, it was just for the day. Okay, well, great. Where does that leave your team? Where does that leave your people? And it usually leaves them on the sideline. And then so what they do is this is what happens with a lot of business owners. They go, well, I need more sales training. So they find another guy that's going to do it for $10. Then they find another guy that's going to do it for $10. Then they find another guy that's going to do it for $10. And then the team's confused. And then it's no wonder that they don't sell. And so my answer is this, instead of paying piecemeal Pete, you know, and, and uh, low dollar Larry over there, why don't you just pay the right amount up front? And the reason I'm sharing this with you on the How to Sell Show as an episode is you run up against this all the time against your competition. I'm going to put that in air quotes. You can just take this episode and use it as a template and use it as a way to explain that to your person that you're selling to that good products are rarely cheap and cheap products are rarely good. And this is super important because what happens is salespeople get burned out from seeing weak, lame salespeople or sales trainers, I should say. 
And owners of, of companies as well as business managers sometimes look at cheap training like entertainment. And they put no accountability in the, at the end because, because in their mind, they did what they needed to do. They, they brought somebody in to work with the salespeople. You know, the salespeople are like, I need training. Well, you know, closers are going to go out and get their training on their own. Closers are going to figure a way to make it happen. Closers are going to be like, you know what? I need to put a certain, a certain portion of my income towards my own education. I need to make sure that I'm doing what I need to on my own end. And so one of the reasons why good sales training is rarely cheap and cheap sales training is rarely good is you got to look at the people who are going to apply it. And if you have 10 people in your team and you follow the standard norms and 80% of the people shouldn't be there, you're paying for two people to be trained. You're paying for 20% of the team to be trained because the other 80 aren't going to make it. They're not going to last. And remember at the very beginning, I said, put on your big boy pants and your big girl pants because this conversation really needs to be had. And so there is a question that you can ask people is what happens when you don't pay enough? You know, the person doesn't get enough value. You can ask this another way. What's worse than, than paying too much, not paying enough. And you know, the, the times where sales teams and ownership look at training as entertainment causes these problems. It confuses the salespeople. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to steps. They don't know what steps to take, especially if they've hobbled together presentations. And part of that is the salespeople will look at whatever they've learned as a buffet of knowledge. They'll look at the the parts and pieces and they'll pluck this one and then they get confused and they don't know why. And the manager will go, well, how come you didn't use the stuff from this guy or this guy or this guy? There's no consistent game plan. There's no normal strategy to make things happen. And since there's no emphasis put on the training, the salespeople don't feel like they have to do anything with it. They don't believe that the, the support is there for it. So like I'm, I'm saying, whoever you pick, right, whatever guy, whatever girl you pick, decide to go all in. You know, make sure that, that everybody's consistent. Everybody's going to be doing the same thing. And, you know, to a point, salespeople need to have skin in the game. I think back when I first started, we didn't have, I started sales in 2001. There was no podcast. There were some blogs, very sparse. There was no YouTube. There, there was none of that. There was books and live events. That was all that was out there. And private coaching. Books, live events, private coaching. That's all it was. And so, you know, if you figure that the average salesperson spends less than 50 bucks a year on their own education, you know, one of the questions you should be asking in an interview is, how much have you spent on your education in the last year? And if you're a salesperson, you can reverse that. You can tell a, a manager or business owner, look, this last year alone, I've spent $7,000 on my education, whatever number it happens to be. I'm just giving you an example. And when, when sales managers and business owners don't buy stock in the training that the salespeople get, the salespeople just don't use it. So there does need to be some skin in the game from everybody. And so here is what the main issues are that you're going to find if you go the route of paying the $10 sales trainer. You're going to have short bursts of sales, followed by a lack of sales. You're going to have people crying for onboarding training sessions because they're confused and they're lost. And then you're going to have short-term deals that happen. So here's my challenge to you. Whoever you pick, find a way to make the sales training long-term to make it consistent. 
And like I'm using the example of ten dollars because I don't know what industry in. I don't know what product or service that you have to offer. I don't. I don't know what you do at the end of the day. But chances are good. There's there's probably somebody in your industry. There's probably somebody that has the ability to work with your team. There's probably somebody out there that would love to do what needs to be done. But at the end of the day, good sales training is really cheap and cheap sales training is really good. Now, with that being said, there are some people in the world of sales that charge a ton of money and they suck at what they do. It's just the way that it is. You know, if you 80-20 the world of sales and the world of sales training, there's people out there that have magnificent marketing and sucky content. There's people out there that have amazing content and sucky advertising. You know, there's some things that you're going to have to get over when you choose your person. And like, I can't tell you how to choose. I can't tell you how you're going to spend your money. You have to make that decision on your own. And if you're a salesperson, when I say that good sales training is really cheap and cheap sales training is really good, you, it's not, it's not just the money that you invest in a book. It's not just the money that you invest in a course. It's the time, the effort, the energy, the risk, the momentum that you put into it on the back end. It's what you put into it as a total, as a whole, as a sum. And when you start thinking in the terms of like, look, you know, this year I'm going to practice one hour every week. Okay, great. That means you've got 50 hours of practice in in a year, which I'm going to tell you is about 50 times more than the average salesperson. So if you go like, look, I'm going to practice two hours a week over an entire year and minus out a little bit of time for vacation. I'm going to have, I'm going to have a hundred hours of of role play in. I'm going to have a hundred hours of practice. Like that's why I'm saying good sales training is rarely cheap and cheap sales training is really, really good because look, you have to put the time in, you have to put the reps in, you know, uh, I, I saw a bodybuilder. I saw a bodybuilder last time I was out in Hawaii a couple weeks ago and I was talking to the dude on the beach. I'm like, how much time do you have in on the gym? And he was like, he was like, bro, you don't even know. I'm like, what do you do? two, three hours a day. He's like, man, there's days that I do four to six hours a day. And I've been doing that consistently for 12 years. And I was like, okay, that's dedication. And I knew at some point I was going to be able to use this in an example of the how to sell show. So I thought it'd be a pretty cool one. Like it doesn't matter what you do. You have to have skin in the game, time, energy, effort, risk, and money are the five elements of rejection. They're also the five elements of regret. So I'm going to ask you to take the stand today. Take, take a stand and say that you're going to put in time, energy, effort, risk, and money to get better at what you do because good sales training is really cheap and cheap sales training is really good. Just start thinking about all the people who think in your industry that they're going to get what they need out of reading a blog. They don't get tonality. They don't get pitch. They don't get speed. They don't get pace. They're just like, oh, I've got something and I read it a long time ago on a blog, but they never are able to execute on it. So I'm not just talking about the money. I'm not just talking about like I paid $10 for a trainer. Or I paid 100 bucks for a trainer. It's also the amount of time, effort, energy, risk, and money that involved. It's all those things included, not just one. So I challenge you, what, what are you doing to get better at sales? What are you doing to make your team better? And if you got people on your team that shouldn't be there, what are you doing to replace them? Because if you're paying for people to have a butt in a seat that they're never going to do anything with a ticket with, then eventually you're going to lose out. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, 
but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo. Mahalo.